Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, the second season of Superman and Lois. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah, and it's, it picks up uh, kind of at the end of the summer break after the first season. Smallville's pretty much rebuilt after the whole Morgan Edge Tower Row scenario from the finale of season one. And everything seems to be going normal. Everything, they're having super, plenty of Superman merchandise, and they make a comment about capitalism and uh, not being happy about cashing in on the person who saved them, which made me laugh because DC, Superman, this one of the biggest and most merchandisable characters. It's, I'm sure that a lot of that merchandise was off the shelves. It was just stuff lying around. But, yeah, starts to introduce us into the, the season and all, everyone, all the actors haven't missed a step where it's shot right back into into the groove. Um, talking about the title characters, uh, Tyler Hacklin might be my favourite rendition of Clark Kent Superman. Yeah, I mean, he he is fantastic. And, and you're right, you know, all the cast, like across the board, like the cast are great. They were in that first season. We're getting more of that in the second season. I loved season one. And I realized early on in season two, although I was enjoying it, it had lost something for me. I guess the first season had more. Like we're seeing things for the first time, like Superman and Lois as parents and all of that, and Clark as the football coach at the school. And there was a lot going on there. Find out he's got a half-brother. Second season, it's dealing with Bizarro and all of that. And, you know, there is still good things happening, but, yeah, it lost some of the magic from that first season. But the cast, though, the, now the cast is is excellent. And I agree, like, Hecklin as Superman, he really is fantastic. Like, he sells the role perfectly. And I know people who just want more Henry Cavill on the big screen. And that is okay. I'd like to see that as well. But because they want that so badly, they're not willing to give this guy a go. Like they're not watching Superman and Lois. So they really are missing out on a fantastic Superman and one that we get to see weekly in a TV series. Yeah, and he's so effortless. Like I I believe if you made him, he is that charismatic, welcoming, friendly guy. Like he he is Clark Kent. Like the, there is no distinction. I think it, it might be why he's so good, so close to his natural character, and you can feel it coming out of the screen. And Elizabeth Tullock as well, like she's really really having to do a lot of heavy lifting uh with the like with because it's a family drama it's just like 
Smallville and Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman in that way, where it's family drama first, superhero show second. Uh, and she's definitely a mother. I, I, I would be shocked if Elizabeth Tullock doesn't have kids of her own, given the performance that she puts in. Uh, the, the tiredness, the fatigue, the quick to anger, and then frustrated but not being able to get past it because she's like, oh, kids, why don't you just do what you're told? Why, can't you, why do you always have to mess up or go against what I ask you to do? That sort of like tired frustration I associate with parents of teenagers. <laughs> Yeah, no, I yeah, I agree with that completely. Yeah, she really sells it. And I thought she was great. You know, going back to, it was Supergirl, wasn't it, where we first first saw her? And then the whole thing with this yeah. season, I think not, not the final episode, but towards the end of the season, we get David Ramsey popping up again as John Diggle. Only this time, yeah. it's a different Diggle. And we're told... This is no longer part of the Arrowverse, which was interesting because in season one of Superman and Lois, Diggle was in it and he makes reference to Oliver Queen. So it's like season one was Arrowverse, season two, it isn't anymore. The Arrowverse is ending. We're getting one more season of The Flash, season nine. And then that's it. So this show will continue. But again, no longer part of the part of the Arrowverse. But yeah, Elizabeth Tullock, she is fantastic. And you know, you said what you said about Hecklin maybe being your favorite Superman. I think she's my favorite Lois, and I got that from the first season. She, if I even said it when we reviewed season one, for the first time yeah. ever, she feels like a fully like like a real person. Like she's not just yeah, the investigative reporter. She's not just the damsel. You know, she always had these things that she wasn't over the years have added and fleshed her out some more. And maybe it's having kids. And as you say, maybe the actress has kids in real life and she's really able to sell it. But she really feels like a real person. And having Lois feel like a real person, he adds more to Superman as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the kids return for season two, of course. Jordan Elsass playing Jonathan Kent. Alex Garfin playing Jordan Kent. Jordan, the one with the powers, much stronger in season two. His Kryptonian heritage is definitely developed. Yeah, which um, is a, good. You, yeah. You needed that development because you can't have him just watered down Superman. Otherwise, yeah, it's a it's a natural what help can he provide? Yeah, it's an it's a natural progression. But then we get the thing or the storyline where because of what's been found in the caves, kids at the school are getting high on that that compound that's found and momentarily or temporarily gives them powers. And that was Jonathan's way of having powers. And I was thinking at the time, like is this going to unlock something in him? Like, is he going to end up having powers? They don't do that, but they do find a way to give him powers because we see him as Superboy 
or at least the Bizarro Superboy. And I remember before seeing the episode, I was seeing like behind the scene pictures online and it had him dressed in the leather jacket, the S on the chest, the like the red pants. And it's like, ah, are they doing 90s Superboy? You know, at least, you know, I have the yeah. attitude, but he ended up being like a bad version of, of Jonathan. Do, do you know what? It's that thing that we've talked about before where you'll have a season and they've got their main storyline and you're going to get, you know, subplots, you know, sprinkled throughout. But if you're not really enjoying that main storyline, you pretty much have to wait until the next season. That's how I felt yeah. with this. Same. Because... Do you know what? I didn't really care. Was it cool seeing Bizarro Superman? Yeah, that was pretty good. But I don't know. It just, it didn't really do it for me. And just having Ali Ashton as the big bad. And, you know, I didn't even realize, but looking into it, she is actually based on a character from the comics, Alexandra Alston, one of several supervillains to have taken on the mantle of Parasite. And I guess she does have parasite power. She's drawing people's life force, but it's all about merging the worlds because it's going to make people people whole. And you know what? Even just saying it out loud, it's a bit naff, isn't it? It's a bit naff. The show, still really like the show and really like the, the cast, the portrayal of the characters, for the most part, the returning characters. But having her be the big bad, a bit disappointing. Yeah, that's another thing of for her to get as far as she does in the show, other characters had to make the worst decisions that when they're being made, I'm like slapping my head and yelling at the screen like, no, 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 what what are you doing? Uh, Specifically of all the characters, the new one, uh, Lieutenant Mitch Anderson, played by Ian Bowen, who does a good job but his character motivations are terrible. Like, he gets chewed out for alienating Superman from the DOD. So his very next step is to stand against these same superiors to arrest Superman as a traitor. How's that happen? Where's that logically? I don't understand it at all. Then, when it all goes wrong, he goes even further down the line. He gets told, he gets given a direct order, a military man. Fix your relationship with Superman, you turn it to shit. And his next thing is to double down on how bad he's been doing and push him further away. I'm like, I, I don't understand your methodology here. Then he gets told by Superman, you look in the wrong place. This thing happened because of this woman. You need to investigate her. So he starts working with her. I'm like, how, how do we get here? I'm, the character motivations make no sense to me. Uh, and then he gets his little redemption moment. Then, uh, near the end of the season, I'm like, ah, I don't care. You made so many bad decisions at this point. I wanted you dead. It doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. And that's not all good points. That's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the writing to stretch fairly basic storyline out way further than you. But I think we've both said it. 
on other episodes when you get to network TV shows and they have their format and it's how many episodes a season, 16, 15 episodes for season two of Superman or Lois, you know, 22 episodes generally for a normal TV series. And they're still stuck in the old way of doing a tele, te- television season. You come up with your big bad or your main storyline for a season and you stretch it over how many episodes you have rather than doing it in a newer way or a better way of making, we have X many episodes and it's too long to focus in on one core thing. Let's stretch it into, let's break it into two or three separate events to solve. Um, and like you said, uh, you know, Star Trek Discovery we had this problem of the last ad, season four. Oh, what's causing this issue? Like the 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 void that's like blowing away planets. And I stopped caring. Like yeah. three or four episodes in, and I had to sit through the rest of the season. Like I don't care what's causing it anymore. I'm over it. And that's what I had with this. Like six episodes in i'm like this ali olsen character i don't care yeah I'm like, I'm not, like See, it's not yes. like the actress playing her bad it was raya kilstead it's just like the, the cult leader part was more yeah. interesting to me than the i'm going to get superpowers and join people together i, I mean i'm I sure like <laughs> i'm sure it was unintentional but there's also the real life comparisons to Alison Mack, you know, Chloe Sullivan, Smallville. Yeah. Was it like a sex cult? Yeah, she was, a, it was something. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. But it was targeting young girls specifically, not just all people. Um, so that did pop into yeah. my mind as I was watching this with the storyline that's unfolding. So you've got the Bizarro storyline. But then, I mean, this is a show that is still. On the CW, I think the the following night it gets repeated on HBO Max. Here in Australia, we get it on Binge. But it's a CW show drama. You've got Kyle Cushing, once again played by Eric Valdez, cheating on his wife, Lana. That happens. Well, cheated. Well, cheated. Yes. Ended it, and it's now as he's the ramifications... But he was still going back to the bar. And then you've got his daughter, Sarah, cheating on Jordan. So there's lots of lots of drama. And then John's got a girlfriend. She's the one that's involved with the drugs. He's covering for her. So all that drama is going on. Lana runs for mayor. She wins. So they're doing yeah, interesting. No surprise. <laughs> yeah, they're doing they're doing interesting things there. I've got to be honest, right? I was I was on the edge of my seat when Clark decides that he's going to tell Lana who he really is, and I thought they handled that very well. In fact, you know what? They did handle it well, but he reveals to her the same way that he came out to his children. You know, he was on the farm. Is like, I need to tell you something, and then he flies up and he hovers. He stops her in a yeah. truck. 
it's but you know it's a cool visual it still works but it did you know pretty much play out the same way you know the kids react badly she reacts badly eventually she comes to term with it she finds out jordan also has powers which makes it even more interesting because she didn't have that relationship with clark that we've known her to have in the comics where she knows about his secret as a teenager, but now her daughter's going to experience it. So I do, there's still so much potential for this show. We just need to get past this bloody bizarro storyline. But when it works well for me, like in that first season, there's a moment towards the end of season two, Superman seemingly was defeated and he was stuck in the other world. And he finds a way back. And people are in peril in Smallville because that's where we stay. We don't see what's happening in the rest of the world for the most part. We're in Smallville and Superman returns. And it was done so well. And depending who the character is, has a different reaction to Superman. So you've got Lana and she says, Superman. You've got John and Jordan dad and then lois clark that for me is when we're getting something different from the show that we usually get from superman on tv or film and it works really well just like he is all those things but you know they've got different relationships with him i i like that and just superman really powering up like when he's like he's getting recharged by the sun I was getting strong all-star Superman Grant Morrison vibes with that. And then honestly, like people like that I know and that are making comments, they don't even watch this show, but they're dismissing it as Superman light. I'm like, are you kidding? (laughs) Like you should see some of the super feats that you get in this show. And that when he's recharging himself on the sun, I mean, that's, as big as anything that we've seen on the big screen from Superman. I think uh, I, I agree with you with, well, why the show works for me. It's all the stuff away from its main Superman end of world plot. Uh, it's all the little stuff. Like his brother, Morgan Edge slash Tal Rowe is back this season. Thank God they didn't kill him off. Yeah. I his whole second season like a redemption arc of like I want to be your brother like why can't we get there and the whole season I'm like come on yes be redeemed I want to see it I'm waiting for it uh, and you can't get it at the end not completely but enough that I can feel like oh, we can do more with him in season three yeah we can start to help out more and like turn up dinners and stuff is it really is it really uncle yeah is a good character because even because you just don't know like you it the show just keeps you guessing like there's times where he really is there for superman is there for his brother his family but there's other times where he just leaves and you just don't know what you're going to get is a very interesting layered character and the actor is really good does get in the role. Very easily, though. <laughs> but, I mean, that is going to happen. And that's 
it happens. Like characters do get disserviced at times because they need to make way for the hero. They need to be taken down so the hero can save the day. It's not his show. It's Superman and Lois. Yeah, show. I know. They need to be the ones that swoop in and save the day. Powers. I want him to be redeemed. (laughs) I know, but he's he's not got the same training and all those things. Oh, you know what? What we should acknowledge? The costume. I'm really liking the costume this time around. They've not shied away from primary colours as much as they did in that first season. We've got that fantastic Golden Age costume when Superman first appears in the season one premiere but then for the most part like just like henry cavill's suit like at times it looks really really dark but they've made it a bit brighter even the yellow on his s at times looks yellow instead of a more muted color yeah i think it looks it looks a lot better even though i really liked it in that first season but they've made big improvements this time around. Yeah, as they should, because he's, people, he shows up and people are like, ah, like a, he's supposed to be that bright character, breath of fresh air. He doesn't need to be wearing dark, like navy blue, blood red. Like it should be, no, no, <laughs> yeah. bright primary colours. Uh, yeah. Someone who I felt dis- disserviced for the entire season, I imagine it was a scheduling thing with COVID. Uh, was the John Henry Irons, Natalie Irons stuff? Ah, yes. You know, this really interesting stuff of Lois's daughter from an alternate universe turns up, moves in with him, uh, played by Taylor Buck, and they disappear for like six or seven episodes like a huge chunk of the season it's a good point actually they do disappear when they use them though they do use them really well and i was so pleased to see that she had her own suit of armor that was really yeah. cool seeing them together but do you know what i actually thought they might kill superman i'm glad they didn't but as i'm watching it with superman's brother you've got an eradicator. You've got a steel. You've got a superboy. And then there was that creature that was revealed to be Bizarro. But I'm thinking, is that Doomsday? It did look like Doomsday. Yes, I'm, I am so glad. That's not what was going to happen. Because, you know, Henry Cavill's second movie, they killed him. So I was thinking, oh, no. It's Tyler Heckland's second season. Don't kill him. That's where I yeah. thought it was going to go. But yeah, I mean, it could be a COVID thing. I don't know. And maybe that's why we didn't get as much time with, with those characters because you're right, looking back, they did disappear for quite a while. And they're great characters. I mean, John Henry Irons, going back to the comics, I've always liked that character. And the suit still looks great. It'd look even better with a red cape, but there's still time. Yeah, I'd also like to see him look have less like doom guy helmet and like something more slick i don't know it looks it just looks like doom guy helmet to me. <laughs> well it's a it's a repurposed leg suit isn't it from yeah. that first season so maybe uh his daughter 
Natalie Irons, maybe she's going to redesign it. So that, you know, there's potential for that in in a third third season. The music, I don't think we really touched on it in in our review of season one, is composed by Dan Roma. I was unfamiliar with him and found he did the score to the Pixar film Luca. Have you seen that? The one it got released exclusively on Disney Plus. And it was the most watched streaming film of 2001 with over 10.6 billion minutes watched. It's a lot. There you go. It's a lot of minutes. Yeah. I mean, two hours of that was me. (laughs) I I watched it. But uh, but yes, I was like, yeah, I didn't recognize his name. I I see it on this show. But yeah, he also did did Luca. Yeah. And the music is really good. It's poignant. It's it's emotional. It does capture its. its, the core of what any given scene is um yeah it's, it's i do enjoy it it's not quite on the same level as we had this year previously with well you're not going to compare with john williams on obi-wan like <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> like no multiple 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 oscar winner john williams going back to the thing a lot of people know him for best yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you you win, John. But yeah, the music is done really well. Cinematography is still great. Um, I, I do feel some of the cheapness of the show, like the Bizarro World storyline. I'm curious if they can that to recycle sets and locations because they couldn't travel because of COVID or something. Um, yeah, which, I mean, we, yeah, could, it could still be the case. I mean, we're getting away from that now and we talked about it when we was it Titans season three it was three wasn't it yeah where you could that feel was split to different yeah. small groups that was heavily impacted especially like outside shots and there'd just be people ran like just sparse like just stood around yeah, the place oh, like it, it's a curfew it in Gotham oh thanks for giving me a, a like a explain yeah. for that because it was really weird. yeah it was really noticeable in that you know i mentioned that you know this is no longer connected to the arrowverse when yeah. when that was announced and they announced it before because i read about it before the diggle episode so we found out as we're watching season two of super Lois, it's no longer connected to arrowverse there was a comic book tie-in, which was an Arrowverse crossover that still had a couple of issues left. And as part of that comic, it started with a Superman and Lois issue. And it was connected to The Flash and then Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman. So it's like, I was looking forward to the comic and it was fine for the most part. But I started reading it, and then about midway through, they announced that it's no longer Arrowverse. So I don't know. I kind of <laughs> lost the interest a little bit towards the end because I thought, oh, wow, that's just bad timing. The comic is still going, yet 
we've found the connection to the Arrowverse is over. Yeah, it's strange. It's I understand the Arrowverse has run ten years now. Yeah, and it's getting long in the tooth. Smallville this last only lasted ten years. I say only. Only. Well, just think about it though. Right before Arrow, before Stephen Amell, it was a planned Smallville spinoff, Justin Hartley as Green Arrow. Yeah, that's what it was going to be. So, and then it spun off into its own thing, and we got Arrow, and then the Flash, and all these shows. It is impressive, but we're going to get to a point where you're going to be thinking over the last ten, no, over the last twenty years, we got Smallville, and then I mean the Flash, nine seasons. So the Flash is almost going to be going for a decade. That is a really Long, long run. So yeah. So what started with Smallville gave us all these, all the shows, and and now you know things are changing. All the things that are happening at Warner Brothers Discovery, films being shelved, cancelled, TV shows being cancelled. Have you heard the they've rebranded or renamed Pennyworth for its third season? Have you heard this? Well. Pennyworth is getting a third season. <laughs> it's going to be coming out very, very soon. But the first two seasons, the name of the show was Pennyworth. The, yeah. the name of the third season, Pennyworth, the origin of Batman's butler. I'm not even kidding. That is legit the title, the origin of Batman's butler. And I'm like, one, what a ridiculous title. And two, sure. Bruce Wayne's butler. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, I get it. Branding's important. They really want to sell that third third season. So weird things are happening with DC TV. There's rumors that Doom Patrol is going to get cancelled, that Titans is going to get cancelled, like all these, all these changes behind the scenes. But Superman and Lois is going to get a third season. So we've at least got more of this to look forward to. Oh, good, good, good because I do enjoy it. Like, as we've said, the cast is great. The chemistry for all the interpersonal uh, relationships and drama works really well. Just step it down on the season-long big bad storyline thing. No, I, we can change it up. Uh, and now that you've got that separation from Arrowverse, it gives them. I mean, they, they even said it in one of the episodes. Like, Superman is our only superhero. Like, and that's three. three that was it. That was the first acknowledgement that the Arrowverse was over, and and that was Sam Lane, and then John Diggle. You know, after this, that our next review is going to be Star Trek. Strange New Worlds, which is a return to episodic television. You know, most shows now, like this one, season-long stories. But I don't think they're going to have a drastic change between now and season three. But more of that would be, I mean, you mentioned Lois and Clark earlier. A lot of that that was was episodic. episodic. Like you did have your through line where, you know, it would, 
be in the background, always present. You'd have your season premiere. It, you know, you get like a big reveal in the middle of the season and then your finale. But then you get all your individual villains. And even like Smallville had Freak of the Week. You know, they had to keep finding ways for people to be uh, infected by kryptonite. I mean, Amy Adams was in an episode where she just ate people. Maybe not people, but things. She ate yeah. lots of things. That was like her, she her whole thing. Fat. That's yeah. right. That we yes, freak of the week. But um, but okay. Anyway, Superman and Lois. If you're going to rate season two out of five, unfortunately, we have to come in mid, middle of the ground. Three out of five. Uh, still, as we've said. All the stuff around the through line for the season, great. It's just the whole Ali Olsen thing and the the merging of worlds. I got over it very quickly. And I was sitting through those parts to get back to the storyline. So I cared about all the stuff with the with Jonathan protecting his girlfriend and taking the ball and the repercussions of that. Um, Jordan keeping the family secret and being dumped by Samantha. Lana and the whole mayor thing. First of all, she's running. She's a campaign manager of someone else who quits and then has to take it on herself. Like all that stuff was great, but dragged down by the season storyline. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I disagree with everything that you just said, including three out of five. I mean, you know, I've recommended this show, um, and it's for it's for the cast. It's for the core cast. We're still getting a lot of good things from the Kents, the Cushing family, but it's the Doomsday storyline, the Bizarro storyline. It really, I just wasn't. I just wasn't engaged. I, I really wasn't. I mean, again, at first, when the character first shows up, visually interesting, and you know, you've got the reverse S, which we've known to expect from Bizarro. But it yeah, just... The yeah. and kryptonite to power up. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, made me think of Ultraman, you know, not so much yeah. Doomsday. But it was just weird, though, because even before he was taking all the kryptonite and because uh, I mean before that like he didn't look like Bizarro even though he was on a Bizarro world and they were talking backwards it pretty much looked like Superman on Earth Prime except for a, a torn cape at the bottom which didn't make sense to me I thought it was obviously like he just it wasn't looked torn. like it was jagged like oh really I just cape. oh yeah. I just thought it looked torn Oh, right. Yeah, like that makes more sense. Tapered down to a beat. Yeah. Right. Oh, I just saw it as being torn. I thought, right, I get the reverse S, but he's just got a torn cape. Anyway, yep, three, three out of five. The, still like the show. Looking forward to season three, but the Bizarro storyline, Ali Ashton, I was over her very early on. So I'm hoping yeah, we can just move away from all of that when we get to season three. Yeah. 
Well, that's it for our episode all about Superman and Lois Season 2. If you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. You've been listening to Luke and Jay, the guys from Sounds Like Comics. See you soon.